chapter twenty nine of the widow married a sequel to the widow barnaby by francis milton trollope this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty nine mystery considerably increased by explanation for a full minute and a half after the departure of mrs o'donagough and her daughter silence the most perfect reigned in the drawing-room of mrs hubert the palsy of astonishment had fallen upon them all with the exception of poor sir henry and their powers of articulation seemed destroyed by it mrs henderson was the first who recovered herself sufficiently to speak why did you not tell me agnes into what full-blown dignity your aunt was expanded full well do i remember the sort of terror and trembling with which my mother used to contemplate her feathers and flounces at clifton but though the feathers and flounces remain much the same the change in their august wear is prodigious i do not mean solely from her having spread out into such startling immensity you had in some degree prepared me for that but why did you conceal the increase of wealth and dignity which seems to have fallen upon her my weak mind is perfectly overpowered not more than mine dear mary replied mrs hubert laughing i do not comprehend it the least in the world she surprised us as i told you by suddenly descending upon us at brighton when we all fancied she was safely lodged for life in australia but though very showily dressed and perpetually assuring us that her husband was a man of family and fortune and a most perfect gentleman we never had any reason to believe that these statements were more strictly correct respecting mr o'donagough's position in life than respecting himself he is by no means an ill-behaved person looking more like a methodist parson than anything else but no more like a gentleman than elizabeth's poodle and as to their manner of living it was very nearly what you may remember my aunts to have been at clifton the carriage and horses and the footmen are all quite new have you known them long sir henry seymour said mrs henderson turning to the young baronet yes no no not very long certainly he replied while his whole face became crimson at any rate you seem to be treated as a most intimate friend observed mrs hubert looking at him with astonishment and perhaps you may be able to tell better than any of us though we are all such near relations how long mrs o'donagough has lived in a fine house in curzon street and possessed a carriage and footman to talk about she certainly meets me with much familiarity replied the young man dropping his eyes but at the same time permitting his countenance to express no inconsiderable degree of hauteur yet believe me i have no right to boast of knowing much about her i have never known her in london but in this same house in curzon street and as far as i know she has always had a carriage well then all we can say dear mary is that our aunt is a richer lady than we imagined said mrs hubert oh she always told us she was very rich you know said miss peters and i remember the time when she told my poor father that she intended to leave all her money to us because it came from our uncle barnaby nay elizabeth it cannot be barnaby money that supports this gay london establishment i remember your good uncle's manner of living perfectly my good uncle let me call him too for it is impossible that anything could be more kind and liberal than he was to me but his fortune could never i am very sure support the style of living that we have been hearing of to-day is it possible then that the man she brought to our house just before you married agnes and with whom she immediately sailed for australia could have been really a man of family and fortune as she says i remember the man perfectly he was a great many years younger than herself and it is hardly conceivable that he should have married such a woman excepting for the sake of her fortune and he was a very handsome man too i remember him perfectly as well as you mary 
observed elizabeth peters and i always supposed that he must have married aunt barnaby because he had no fortune of his own mr o'donagough has lost his beauty since that time elizabeth as i think you will allow when you see him and i confess i do not perceive any remains of it i have not indeed the slightest recollection as to what he was like when he made his visit in rodney place but at present he is anything but well-looking said mrs hubert i suppose a call upon my uncle barnaby's widow is a duty imperative upon us said mrs henderson i think my mother herself would say so though she was not very particularly partial to the lady personally i think you must go there dear friend returned agnes and in your case this offering to propriety is easily paid you do not live in london and may therefore consider yourselves safe from any great or lasting annoyance this early visit to us would i confess rather alarm me for our peace and quiet were it not that i perceive we are no longer of the same importance to her as formerly her manner to me is entirely changed i as well as you mary escape without even an embrace and i assure you that the time has been since her return from australia when she has held me so long in her arms that i almost felt doubtful if i should escape from them alive my dear father too thank heaven she seems altogether to have forgotten him he is in very delicate health and her vehement caresses and unceasing attentions fatigued him dreadfully besides dear man he always seemed to think that it would be treating my mother's memory with disrespect if he were otherwise than affectionate to her sister i have perfectly dreaded his returning to england lest he should be again thrown in her way but she never named him and it is evident to me that she has got into a set of her own that she prefers to every other i shall return her call without the slightest feeling of alarm and we can go together if you like it it is probable that mrs hubert prolonged this discussion a little in order to give her young friend caroline seymour time to recover from the very evident embarrassment which the recent scene had occasioned her her brother was still hanging over her chair and whispering something that seemed like a gentle remonstrance elizabeth hubert sat gazing at them with a sort of painful surprise on her beautiful and expressive countenance which did not escape her mother who in her heart was longing even for her dearly loved mrs henderson to go that she might speak to her at length the visit of her old friends who were in london only for a few weeks was brought to a conclusion by miss peters reminding her sister of the necessity for their driving to some distant shop before they returned home to the early dinner which was to precede their going to the play sir henry seymour had taken his leave before and caroline on whose soft cheek the traces of tears were visible when she raised her head to bid him adieu followed him out of the room and had not since returned so that mrs hubert and her daughter were tete-a-tete what can be the reason mamma of sir henry seymour's permitting his sister to make the acquaintance of mrs o'donagough said elizabeth the moment their visitors were gone it is it must be his doing and his wish caroline never has any will but his yet it was impossible not to see her repugnance to this introduction though she put herself forward in a way she never did before to meet it what can it mean i am quite as much at a loss as you are elizabeth did caroline ever mention to you her brother's acquaintance with the o'donagoughs yes mamma but what she said was not so much informing me of his acquaintance with them as inquiring of me whether they were really our relations and when was this elizabeth during the fortnight that sir henry passed with us at paris last year when he brought over caroline can you remember exactly what she said she must have given some reason for asking the question i recollect thinking that she felt very much ashamed at asking the question and that was the reason i never mentioned it to you she asked it very earnestly 
and as if she were much interested in the answer but when i had replied to all her questions which i did of course very frankly she coloured so much and seemed as i thought to be so extremely ashamed of her curiosity that i fancied it would be treacherous and like betraying her having committed a fault if i repeated the conversation to you has she ever referred to the conversation since never will you tell me elizabeth exactly what it was she did ask of you elizabeth meditated for a moment and then replied i remember perfectly that the question appeared to me at the time to be apropos of nothing and it was asked a very few hours after their arrival as soon indeed as we were alone together as well as i can recollect her words were will you tell me dear elizabeth if you have any relations of the name of o'donagough i answered yes we have mamma has an aunt who is married to a person of that name have they ever been in australia and have they a daughter demanded caroline i answered yes to both these questions and then ventured to inquire why she was so anxious to know it was then that she seemed to think she was doing wrong for she coloured violently and actually trembled exactly as she did to-day it was my brother she said it was on his account that i wished to know i wished excessively to ask for what reason he would be curious about it but i did not because i saw that she was positively suffering so from that time to this the name of o'donagough has never been mentioned by either of us sir henry must have met them accidentally said mrs hubert when they probably did us the honour to mention the relationship which perhaps he did us the honour of disbelieving and feeling some curiosity to ascertain the truth commissioned his sister to inquire yes exactly so mamma that is precisely the way in which i interpreted the thing myself and it was because i thought the curiosity both natural and pardonable that i chose to say nothing about it but it strikes me that though your suggestion accounts perfectly for what passed at paris it throws no light whatever on the extraordinary scene of to-day it was very natural that sir henry seymour if acquainted with the o'donagough family might doubt their relationship to you mamma but the having ascertained that such was the fact could not surely render it necessary for caroline to testify such extraordinary eagerness for an introduction and such very vehement emotion when it took place i saw sir henry's countenance too and its expression was perfectly extraordinary he may have been very much surprised and shocked too perhaps at discovering that mrs o'donagough was our aunt though that is presuming him to be a very silly person indeed but even that will not account no not in the least degree for the species of emotion which his features betrayed i am quite sure there is some mystery in all this mamma i cannot conceive the possibility of any replied mrs hubert the notion of sir henry seymour and the family of o'donagough having any mystery in common is too preposterous time generally explains all things and we must trust to his agency elizabeth to explain this the few moments occupied by this conversation was a longer period of time than mrs hubert and her daughter had passed together tete-a-tete since their arrival in berkeley square and another burst of thunder at the door now told them that it was over another and another succeeded as the time for the high tide of gossip approached and the drawing-room looked almost full when again the thunder came and lord mucklebury was announced this facetious nobleman though not a very intimate was a very old acquaintance of the hubert family and seeing that close access to mrs hubert was for the time impossible as every seat near her was occupied he deposited his heavy person in a large fauteuil just behind elizabeth and after expressing in cordial but courtly phrase his admiration and astonishment at her growth and her beauty he began uttering and discussing jokes and gossip in his usual style concerning everybody whom he conceived to be of her acquaintance 
so sir edward and his rich ward have settled accounts i hear and are the best friends in the world again they say that sir edward's management has been admirable and that there never was known so profitable a minority it is a strange match that he is going to make i beg your pardon however my dear young lady i totally forgot the near relationship what match my lord said elizabeth striving to speak tranquilly and of what relationship does your lordship speak mrs o'donagough is your mother's aunt my dear is she not she is my lord replied the poor girl with lips as white as ashes and a voice so hoarse as to be hardly intelligible lord mucklebury perceived that she was suffering from some painful emotion and a moment's thought convinced him that he had made a most unfortunate hit and that this collateral descendant of his proud old friend lady elizabeth norris was wounded beyond bearing by being reminded of her vulgar connections amused by this strong trait of hereditary feeling yet much too really polite to be capable of exciting it further his lordship rejoined in a tone of flourishing compliment distant as the connection is miss hubert there is some share of the same remarkable beauty that i now see before me sir henry seymour would never have become attached to miss o'donagough if the young lady's eyes had not sparkled with something of kindred brightness to your own another group of morning visitors entered at this moment and among them elizabeth fancied she saw some one to whom she wished immediately to pay her compliments it appeared however that upon drawing near the door she discovered that she was mistaken for standing aside while the party passed in she waited only till the doorway was clear then slipped through it and was not again visible that morning mrs hubert had remarked her daughter's exit she remarked also that she did not return and wishing to inquire if it were any ailment which occasioned this sudden retreat she entered the dressing-room of elizabeth before she proceeded to make her dinner toilette in her own is anything the matter with you my love she said approaching the easy-chair into which the young lady had thrown herself why did you leave the drawing-room so suddenly you look as if you had been crying elizabeth no mamma there is nothing at all the matter with me only i have been surprised very much surprised but the mystery is quite explained i have found out mamma the reason why caroline was so anxious to be introduced to the o'donagoughs and why she seems so extremely interested about them have you elizabeth replied her mother drawing a chair and sitting down beside her do pray communicate the discovery to me for i confess the whole thing has piqued my curiosity exceedingly sir henry seymour is going to be married to my cousin martha sir henry seymour going to be married to your cousin martha that is a very foolish jest my dear whoever invented it replied her mother with rather a disdainful smile lord mucklebury did not speak of it as any jest mamma but as a fact perfectly well known i am surprised as much as you can be continued elizabeth but i see no reason for doubting its truth on the contrary have we not the greatest reason for believing that it is true how else can we account mamma for the strange scene of this morning i should account for it in any way elizabeth rather than this and there was a glow of painful feeling on mrs hubert's cheek as she said these words which caused elizabeth to move still nearer to her and to say as she took her hand and tenderly pressed it my dearest mother is there any other possible way in which we can account for it mrs hubert did not immediately reply there were many thoughts working together in her head which kept her silent the young man of whom they spoke was a favourite with her though the vexation and anxiety which he had caused to his guardian were well known to her in every particular for lady stephenson and herself were truly sisters 
but notwithstanding all this notwithstanding the lamentation she had been accustomed to hear concerning his aversion to a college life and his very blamable frolic of secreting himself for nearly a year from the knowledge of his attached though somewhat pertinacious guardian notwithstanding all this mrs hubert both liked and esteemed the youth his tender devotion to his young orphan sister his repentance for the wrong-headed obstinacy of his concealment expressed with such manly frankness his joyous yet gentle spirit and the bright intelligence which sparkled through every lively sally had won from her approval that she was aware was rapidly approaching to affection and the more rapidly because her husband shared it neither of them perhaps were insensible to the evident admiration with which elizabeth had inspired him and though as yet the subject had never been named between them neither of them felt indifferent about it or unaware that it was hardly possible any man could propose for her that they should be more cordially inclined to approve all this was too fully in mrs hubert's head to make it at all easy for her to reply to her daughter's question elizabeth's timid eye watched her mother's countenance during this interval and at length she repeated is it possible mamma to account for it otherwise thus forced to speak she said forgive me elizabeth but i must have better authority than yours before i believe it lord mucklebury is a professed jester he probably meant to mystify you or it is possible that amidst his flights and flourishes you have misunderstood him so i shall not set down sir henry seymour as the fiance of miss o'donagough till i have learnt it from some other quarter than the facetious lord mucklebury so saying mrs hubert rose and having received a very fervent kiss from her silent daughter left her room and immediately repaired to that of miss seymour the poor girl had thrown herself upon the bed and as it seemed had actually cried herself to sleep she started up as mrs hubert approached the bed and uttering something about being quite ashamed of her laziness stood up to hear what her kind friend was coming to say to her my dear caroline said mrs hubert will you let me ask you how your brother first became acquainted with the o'donagough family an expression of the most painful kind took possession of the young girl's features and after the struggle of a moment her tears began to flow i cannot bear to distress you my dear child said mrs hubert nor can i comprehend how my question can do it you are of course aware that mrs o'donagough is a relation of mine but both her husband and herself are persons so little likely to fall in your brother's way that i feel curious to know the origin of their acquaintance instead of replying miss seymour only permitted her tears to flow afresh and hid her face in her pocket-handkerchief my dear caroline this emotion is most extraordinary if the idea of this acquaintance is so painful to you why did you appear so eager my dear to be included in it for my brother's sake mrs hubert for his sake only surely you must guess that i should never seek the acquaintance for my own were the words which would have followed had not the young lady recollecting that mrs o'donagough was the aunt of her kind hostess suddenly stopped herself amidst blushes and renewed agitation mrs hubert waited for a moment to see if she would go on but finding she did not she dropped the hand she had taken and saying with a sigh which she could not repress yes my poor caroline i do guess left the room End of chapter twenty nine